Dr. Bill Senior here. I'm back with another Gospel Rant. This time we're going to pick up the theme of discipleship, mentoring, coaching, however you want to call it today. I'm with my son-in-law, Jeff Buster, Reverend Pastor Jeff Buster. He's back in the Chicago region from a, a pastoral stint in uh, just outside of Sydney, Australia. So I thought it'd be great to get him to give his philosophy and experience in discipleship. That's one of his gifts. Uh, Jeff, you were at a church in uh, outside of Sydney, and they needed some help, particularly in discipleship. So first of all, welcome, by the way. Thanks. First time on here. Great to be here. And you can tell, can't you, that he's from Australia. If you can't, yeah, you're, you don't get out much. So Jeff, tell us what you found and what you did, what's your passion on discipleship. Uh, that's I, you, you and I have talked about this. Discipleship's a four-letter word right now. I think most pastors are ill-equipped to do it. Right, right. So I'll pick up on the word uh, discipleship. Um, it, I think it's a bit semantics, but I generally try to say disciple making uh, as I have found that language is extremely important and people's tendency is to follow other people. And um, if we've learned anything from the Great Commission, it's that the goal of disciple making is to follow uh, the three persons mm. of God, right? Father, yep. Son, and Holy Spirit. Appreciate you saying Trinity. That's right. Yeah. That's and, exactly right. And so my desire is to make disciples of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, and be extremely involved at first and slowly pull myself back mm-hmm. as time goes on. And it's one of those one of those jobs where you work yourself outside of a job. So to answer your first question, what I found... When I got there was what anyone finds when they go to any church, and that is there's a lot of norms. There's a lot of norms that happen and have happened for the last 50 years. Not necessarily good ones. Not always good ones, but not always bad ones. Like Tradition's not a bad thing, right? Uh, I personally sort of push against traditions, but Mm. I think uh, traditions are extremely helpful. I mean, we look in the Old Testament and God created traditions in order to remember. So Mm. uh, traditions aren't necessarily Mm. a bad thing. The problem with norms is we forget meaning behind them. Mm. And we forget why we do what we do. Uh, actually, you told me at mm-hmm. one point when you were uh, ministering at a church that sometimes you would uh, change it up and bring the the worship uh, players from one corner of the church just yeah, to the other did. corner of the church, just to people like, all right, so why are we worshiping? <laughs> just to mess with people's right. heads. That's right. Uh, someone, and I, I, sorry, I don't know who told me this, but it has always stuck with me, and that is, and it might have even been you, Bill. If it's good, uh, it probably, <laughs> probably might have been. Yeah. But you find, you find the people in the church who are most unexpected. Mm. And generally, um, you'll find that God works with the unexpected. Yeah. And God works with... It surprises with, the rest of us. It does. And, <laughs> yes. and they're normally a little bit awkward. Right? They're a little bit... Sometimes... I was one of those. Maybe I still am. That's why we're Christians. <laughs> uh, well, you find that people who... Uh, you don't see this, uh, uh, viewer, uh, listeners, but he was looking at me when he said awkward. I'm just saying. <laughs> I didn't push against that when I married into the, the Senyard family. I accepted it because I knew there must be true Christianity nirvana. there. I think we call that Nirvana. Sometimes these people are seen as either the extreme people... Yeah. The scary people because mm-hmm. you can't control mm-hmm. them with fear. Sometimes mm-hmm. and a lot of times these are the most hurting people. Yep. Cuz uh I mean you take this wonderful beautiful example of this mm. woman 
washing the feet of Jesus, and mm-hmm. everyone in the room is gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're just amazed. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. why in the world, Jesus, one, would you let this woman touch you? And two, mm-hmm. why would you do this? How demoralizing. And we all mm-hmm. know what Jesus said, right? Mm-hmm. The host was offended by this lady. Very offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that she was a lady and mm-hmm. what her mm-hmm. possession, mm-hmm. profession mm-hmm. was. And Jesus makes this wonderful statement. He says, mm-hmm. the one who has been forgiven much yeah. loves mm-hmm. much. Yep. And so going backwards again, Mm-hmm. The hurting person mm-hmm. often experiences the most forgiveness, mm-hmm. and they're often the people who will strangely bring the most transformation to the community. Yep. And so there's two ways. Do you target them? Do you look for them? Are you expecting them? I mean, is that, I guess that kind of goes against the typical, hey, let's invest in leaders. You know, you, you, the, the obvious leaders, let's go disciple them. But what you're saying is God sometimes has surprises, and maybe often. Right, right. I guess that sort of goes directly to your second question, sort of the the philosophy. Uh, So Jesus starts on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 3, which says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? Because they get the kingdom. And I thought, you know what, Jesus, you're on to something. You you have a great idea. If you're going to start there, I think uh, I would start there. So my my goal, actually, I'll, I'll change my wording. I have found... Mm-hmm. The the people who are most ready to be moved towards mm-hmm. being a disciple mm-hmm. of Christ mm-hmm. are those who, if you form an image in your mind, mm-hmm. kind of a Job image, they're sitting down, rags completely on, and they mm-hmm. look around them. Mm-hmm. And every single building block that they've tried to make, mm-hmm. for one reason or another, mm-hmm. because of their own sin or other people's sin, has completely crumbled. Mm-hmm. And they like slowly put one block on top of that, and then mm-hmm. the wind comes and just pushes it over, mm-hmm. and they think, "I have nothing left. Mm-hmm. I have no. I don't mm-hmm. even have mortar to put bricks together again." Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, "Oh, so <clears throat> you need a new kingdom, mm-hmm. one that won't fall down again. Uh, you sound like someone mm-hmm. who's ready for a kingdom, and so that's why I'm attracted to those kind of people mm-hmm. because generally they're ready for a new kingdom, but they're riddled with." I'm guessing shame and failure and maybe they're marginalized. Marginalized and talk about awkwardness. Right. I mean, they're generally the people who uh, will scoot out five minutes before church is over. Oh, yeah. Right? A lot. A lot of those people around. Generally, they're people who haven't been to church for the last seven years and for one mm. reason or another because of a family member Those or are the people that you just, you, you worked along, you discipled and leaned into. Very much. Uh, uh, a lot of times. Other other times, they are just, mm. they will be the people who will snap at you because of the amount of hurt and yeah. therefore anger. Well, that's what shame people do. They right. shame other people. And the problem is disciple makers mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. um, are key instinct is obviously a human instinct and when people snap at us uh, we forget that we're taking on the sufferings of Christ in that moment and we think it's about us and and so if you can get over that and you can think ah there's Mm. someone who maybe Mm. maybe they're ready to taste something wonderful Mm. Uh, I have found generally they're the people who move the furthest other people everyone seems to move a lot of people but they're the people who move the furthest so what did you see so what I saw was, first of all, um, people taste something that they've heard about their whole lives, and for one reason or another, they never mm. actually have tasted, and that is this thing we call the good news, the gospel. Mm. Uh, a second premise that I work off of mm. 
is that I am extremely convinced that uh, so much of our pain, mm-hmm. our, our distance, our loneliness, our depression is because we have such a linear view of the gospel yep. and not a well-rounded view of it. Modernism. And yep. let's be clear that what we do see is not wrong. Like when mm-hmm. we say justification by faith alone, that's mm-hmm. a wonderful, mm-hmm. beautiful piece mm-hmm. of theology. Mm-hmm. And we should never migrate from it, in my yep. personal opinion, um, because it holds so much weight. But, uh, you know, you do a lot of work with shame, Bill, yep. which is just absolutely needed. But let's face it, in, in Romans 3, when it talks about justification by faith alone, mm-hmm. that doesn't speak to the shame I have because what I got up to at 11 o'clock last night on the internet. Mm-hmm. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. It, mm-hmm. it helps some of my guilt. Yep. It's like, okay, so when I die, I'm not going to go to hell. I'll go to heaven right. because of Christ. Right. That's a good theology. It's a great theology. But it doesn't mean what... Because in my life, mm-hmm. I would seriously spend three days without talking to God mm-hmm. because... I thought God acted just like me, and I would need three days to cool mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm. He's angry at you or disappointed in you. Exactly. Yeah, and it takes it. about three days to forget about it. That's right. And so the gospel says, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. actually, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and this is something I've sort of picked up on your phrase that you yep. say a lot, Bill, and that is you can do nothing yesterday to yeah. make God love you more. Right today right that's right and that is jesus already did that's still the gospel that's right, that's right. it's just different language and different people mm-hmm. someone who's struggling with loneliness need mm-hmm. a different view mm-hmm. of the gospel those mm-hmm. who struggle with unforgiveness a different mm-hmm. view talk mm-hmm. about debt and just justif- failure in marriage or betrayal in marriage or betraying in marriage right right uh broken expectations broken ex- that's a big shame thing huge shame thing. Mm-hmm. well how about the one where mm-hmm. you Feel as though God's telling you to do one thing, but your makeup feels mm-hmm. like you should be doing a different thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sexuality, sexuality is a big yeah. one. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, opinions, uh, like God says, it's good to be humble, and I have so many opinions to give in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just it's like, well, that's not me. I just share mm-hmm. view. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I have found that we need to look at more of a different sides of the gospel. And use different language. Yeah, see, when we got this, when we were planning this, I didn't think you would go that direction. That's really interesting. So you're you're pick, you're basically saying let's disciple the least of these as a strategy. It is, and that is why my no wife Jesus's strategy. What's Jesus? He started there. I think we should start there. Man, now, that's so un-American, man. My wife will tell you that <laughs> it seems like all of my friends um, suddenly start off a little bit more awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you put it in a war imagery, they're mm-hmm. the ones with the flags at the front of the charge now. They're energized. It, well, and the people tr- see the difference big time. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a personal example, right? So there's this one uh, couple that I haven't gone to church for 10 years, and because mm-hmm. of some deep, deep sin, once they were willing to admit that their rubble was not worth holding on to, mm-hmm. And they got a, it, it took a lot of different language to talk about the gospel because mm-hmm, they've, they were 65 mm-hmm. years old. They've heard it all before. Mm-hmm, when they got up in front of the church mm-hmm. and publicly apologized to each other. This was part of the discipleship. Was this like, is hey, part of it. got to do this. And this was not me pushing. Okay. They're, they're saying, 
we want to let everyone people everyone know what we found in front of the whole church in front of the whole church mm-hmm. publicly said this is what we first private. I did meet this couple, right? You did, yeah, 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 yeah. beautiful I know couple. Who you're talking about they and, are. Oh and, my gosh! Oh, I, look, I saw them afterwards. Uh, wow, uh, they had a special relationship uh, with Jesus, both of them, and with each other that yeah. they haven't had in. 35, 40 years. Yeah. But they started off with private mm-hmm. confession and apology. Yeah, 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 of course. When they were wrapped enough with this gospel of grace, mm-hmm. then they were ready to do it to everyone else. The amount of people a year after who's mm-hmm. saying, I was so attracted to watch that. I just thought, if this is mm-hmm. the way the church is going... Mm-hmm. To their transformation. To, to their transformation. Mm-hmm. So they became... The, the flags, so to speak, are people saying, yeah. I want that kind of church. So it is, it is the Sermon on the Mount people. It is the woman at the well, right? I mean, that's, she went back to her city and, I mean, her, what a wimpy gospel presentation. Could this be the Messiah? Right, right. But there was something the city saw in her. We don't know what it is. Right, right. It must have been special. Very special. And, and who would have expected? Her excitement. Yeah. Like, wait, like people fo- follow salesmen who are con- mm-hmm. are really sold on the product, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people who taste Jesus in the mm-hmm. real sense mm-hmm. and the fellowship of the Spirit that Paul talks about mm-hmm. in Philippians mm-hmm. in a real sense, mm-hmm. they're sold not only in their words but in mm-hmm. their eyes. So in your weakness, I'm strong. It makes sense. I mean, a bunch of verses pop into my head. It makes sense, right? But that isn't what we do typically. I say we. That's not what I typically do. Is you you look for leadership material. You do, you do, right? Which kind of gets to the gifting because we look yeah, yeah, yeah. first for a gift, mm-hmm. and then we think, oh, Jesus could hone that gift, right? But in this case, you look for a need. Well, you do look for a need because mm-hmm. one of the ways that I phrase it is um, what sin does is hides the real self. Mm-hmm. So in Ephesians, Paul says. So after God's given you like abundance amounts of grace, mm-hmm. you can actually start doing the things or the works mm-hmm. that God originally asked you to do. Mm-hmm. The problem is, when we talk about the cloak of grace, the cloak of sin sort of makes us, puts on like a moo-moo dress mm-hmm. <laughs> and covers it up. So like you can't Got see it. anything about us mm-hmm. other than just what society says we should be, right. what my flesh says we should be. Right. And as... God strips in a way mm-hmm. and re, you know, using biblical mm-hmm. image, like remolds mm-hmm. or shapes or clays mm-hmm. us. At that point, mm-hmm. we we start getting wonderful glimpses mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the real mm-hmm. you. I would have never expected that. Mm-hmm. So you go back out. to this uh, yeah, couple yeah. that I talked about before, something I would have never expected. And a recent mm-hmm. conversation I've had with them was, I think that you have a spiritual gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. You discern the spirits. You discern mm. what's happening spiritually around you. Mm. I first started seeing it in prayer, mm. and then I started seeing it in his interaction. It was the husband. It was the husband. Who was the... He never knew it about himself mm-hmm. his whole life. Oh, he was riddled with and guilt and shame. It was so much shame. Yeah. And I, I, the only person who knew that this is the mm. way that the Spirit would have desired mm-hmm. to work in him was the Spirit at that like, So you sensed it? How? Give me a... Wait, you know what? We're, we're going to come back to this. Uh, we want to keep these things down to about 16 minutes, so we're there. So we're going to do a part two with Pastor Jeff Buster and the, the next Gospel Rant. So uh, we'll, we'll see you then. Take heart, child of God. Thanks for having me. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once.